Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. I'm Joe McCall. Alex couldn't be with me today. And I've got an exciting episode for you. Uh, first, I want to tell you, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, get our Fast Cash Survival Kit. A lot of you have already gone through that. We hear great stories and testimonials from that. But in there, Alex and I tell you how we do our businesses, how Alex flips property with equity. I flip properties without equity. Actually, I'm doing both. But how we run our businesses, how we do our marketing, how we do our outsourcing, how we're able to travel all over the world and do deals. Um, it's a great time to be in this market. I'm excited about this market. We, um, you know, I just got, you've heard me talk about this before. We just got back recently from a three month trip in Europe and we were able to flip deals from Prague in the United States in three different markets. And what other business can you do that with, right? Without huge overhead, without a ton of staff, just from a laptop and a computer. That's why I'm passionate about this business, and that's what I'm passionate, and that's why I do this podcast, to share these kinds of these, uh, these stories with you, these, these, this incredible content in these podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got a uh, good episode today with David Corbelly, uh, who's an internet marketing seller lead generating machine, and we're going to be talking a lot about how to generate seller leads and buyer leads using the internet, which is always cutting edge. You know, the cool thing about what David is doing, um, he always has to be on the cutting edge and, and understanding what's working today, what's not. And we're going to be talking about that because the stuff that worked two years ago maybe isn't working today. Or maybe stuff that was working two years ago is still working today and people aren't doing it still. And, and there's a huge opportunity if you've been getting burnt by low response rates in direct mail. This is something that you definitely want to pay attention to. One more thing, and I'll uh, start talking to David here. Uh, please leave a review in iTunes. If you like the show, if you like the show and you want us to keep it going, I mean, there's very few podcasts out there in the real estate spe investing space that have been doing it as long as we have and consistently as we have, and I'm proud of that. We have listeners in over 170 different countries, well over 1.3 million downloads so far. Uh, so if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Go to iTunes, uh, subscribe, leave a review. It helps us in the rankings, and we really appreciate it. All right, David, how are you? I am fantastic, Joe. Thanks for having me. You live in uh, Denver, Colorado. Is that right? Currently, yes. I love Colorado. It's gorgeous. So what what do you do? Well, actually, let's, let's go back a little bit. Where and how did you get started in real estate investing? Well, I uh, I spent ten years in the military, and after I got out, I was a uh, you know jack of trades for a couple of years and doing you know just odd jobs here and there to to make a living. And then um, I got hired on Seattle Fire Department, and this was January of '99. So I got hired on Seattle Fire Department. Great career. I did that for a couple of years, and then as a firefighter, you actually have um, this. This was one of the great things about it is you have a lot of time off because you work 24-hour shifts. So you might work one shift and then you have two days off. Then you have work another shift and you have three days off. So you you have a lot of time off. And most guys would um, 
you know, just enjoy their time off. And there's nothing wrong with that because they had a career. Well, me, I just, I just had this feeling that there was more that I wanted to do and I wanted to do my own thing. So I started looking into what I could do for a business and um, ended up seeing this. It's, it's a turn of events and it's interesting how it happened. But, you know, like Steve Jobs said, you can look back and connect the dots, but you just can't do it going forward. So I saw a Rich Dad, Poor Dad infomercial uh, one day and I don't know why I was watching this thing in the middle of the night, but I saw it and I ordered his course for 197 bucks and learned all about uh, you know, the different quadrants and business and stuff like that. And I realized that I needed to be in real estate. And that started the process of researching real estate. And <clears throat> I got a really good point here that I think is going to be good for a lot of your listeners. But um, started the process of researching and, you know, I bought like a Carlton Sheets course and, it, you know, this is a while back, whatever it was, 15 years ago or something. But um, and then started getting on forums and stuff like that and figuring out. Anyway, I got my first lease option deal in 2002. That's basically how I got started. But the point I want to make is it took me a long time to get started because I, whatever, the fear factor, I didn't, the belief system, I didn't know if I could really do this or, and the reason I'm saying this is because after doing this for so long, I know that that's the number one thing that stops people So I'm telling you this right in the beginning of this call. The number one thing that stops people from being successful or even starting in this business is just the belief that can I really do this and the fear that what happens if I fail or whatever. So Mm, it it took me like, I don't know, eight months before I actually started marketing. And when I started marketing, I had my first deal, I think, probably in four to five days. (laughs) See, here – Here's the thing. I, I get so excited when I hear people talk about this uh, because there is that fear. And I just did a webinar last week, and I, I basically was telling people uh, I'm opening up the doors to a small group coaching program of just 12 people where it's you have to apply to get in. Uh, it's just – and I filled it really quickly. It's just serious action takers. And I was telling everybody on this webinar – and I was teaching wholesaling lease options, but I was saying, listen, it doesn't matter if you're doing wholesaling lease options or whatever you're doing. Uh, the, the number one thing that's going to trip you up is fear. And you're always worried. If you're always worried about steps seven and eight, you're never going to start doing steps one and two. And I, I was intentionally telling everybody to, it's, it, it's, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail. And this group is going to be only specifically focused on doing what's most important, and that's marketing and making offers, right? And so I'm giving everybody a scorecard who's in the group, and we're going to get on the phone every week for eight weeks, and you have to report on your numbers. And I interviewed everybody, and I said to them, to get in, you've got to commit to at least spending 500 bucks a month in marketing, and you have to commit to make at least five offers a day. And if you can do that, then you're in. And everybody gets, gets a scorecard. We're just starting the group right now. I'm so excited about it. And they, we, we're doing deal partnering, so they need to partner with me on their first two deals. But uh, I'm excited because these guys now are – I told them, I said, listen, you, you have enough education. You know everything that you're supposed to be doing. Um, but you just need to take action. So I'm, I'm in, in a sense trying to kick them in the butt and get them accountable to a small group of people where they have to report in their numbers every week. And guess what happens, David, when you start making offers, when you start doing marketing and making offers, you do deals. 
It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, it really does work. <laughs> well, that's, that's great that you got that coaching program because um, you're you're right. I mean, people. I think it's human nature. I did it. I mean, I I when I moved uh, from the Seattle area, I literally, I think I gave them all away. I did. I had uh, a number of friends come to my house and literally go through my garage. I mean, I gave everything away because I wanted to just get rid of it all and travel light. And there were probably six. Uh, you know, moving boxes, full size, wow. probably six or seven or eight of those full of real estate courses. I mean, there was probably, I don't know, $30,000, $50,000. You know, they, <laughs> what, run 1000 bucks, 1500 bucks a piece. Well, back then, uh, yeah, they were they were more right. expensive than they are now. Over the course of my, my learning career, I mean, I had spent a lot of money on stuff. And I'm telling you, some of that stuff, I never even applied because I was in learning mode, right? Yeah. <laughs> so well and we're not yeah. we're not knocking learning mode either. I mean everybody no. you have to learn this stuff, but okay, once you learn it, then what are you gonna do with it? Yeah, it's like once you learn enough, start. <laughs> I've told this story a hundred times and I, I don't mean to steal your thunder. I just get passionate about this because when I was getting started, I spent twelve oh, probably thirty, forty grand on real estate education and my back was against the wall we were looking at doing a short sale on our house, and I, I'm just really, really struggling. Couldn't sleep at night with all of the stress and the bills and stuff. And uh, I remember looking at that thinking, I've got to do something now. And I said, I'm just going to buy one more course. <laughs> I had to buy one more course. But I said, I'm going to buy one more course, and I'm going to do what this guy says to do. I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to change anything. Come hell or high water, I'll be damned. I'm going to do what this guy says to do. And so guess what? I didn't like his postcards. I didn't like his phone script. I didn't like the way his contracts were worded. I thought I knew better, but I just did it anyway. And I plowed through. I sent out the postcards. And guess what? I started getting calls. And then I started using the script. And guess what? I started getting deals. And then I started marketing the homes just exactly like he said to do. And I started doing deals. I could not believe how easy it was and how stupid I was for waiting so long. Yeah. Not taking yeah. action earlier. And it's, it's so common. And I, I remember right, right along those lines, I remember, you know, getting getting a call, working my way, not not the first one, but, you know, still when I was very new, uh, getting a call from a guy who sounded a little intimidating on the other, other line and, and actually getting an appointment set up and then just being so intimidated on the way to that appointment, you know, just in my mind, I saw myself in the guy's kitchen, standing on the other side of like the island or whatever, and him saying, are are you stupid? What are you talking about? Why would I ever want to do that with my house? And and so the, and that was in my mind that fear thing that people were just going to shoot me down. But right. the reality is, people just they're not like that. They're so receptive, and they I think what we forget when we we're beginning is they are looking for a solution. And if you can provide a solution that makes sense to both of you, then they're absolutely going to be receptive to that. And we mm-hmm. we don't realize that when we're beginning. Well, my friend Justin Williams, who has the House Flipping HQ podcast, talks about failing forward fast. And that's okay. And that's why I believe in coaching and mentoring so much. Because when you're failing forward, if you're moving forward and you make a mistake, you're falling forward. And uh, that's the only way you're going to learn, by actually getting out there and taking action. So I'm excited about this small group of students that I'm now working with. We're going to start doing deals because I'm telling them only one thing you need to worry about. And that's marketing. Yep. Everything else, I mean, marketing will practically fix every problem in any real estate business because we're not in the real estate business, we're in the marketing business. Yep. And that's why I wanted you on the show, David, because you're an expert at marketing. 
Uh, you're an expert at online marketing. So you start doing deals, right? Um, continue your story uh, of you're, you're starting to do deals. And when did you realize how important marketing is to consistently do it and, and to be different than everybody else? So here's what happened. And I actually really enjoy telling this story because, I mean, I remember it just like yesterday. And what happened was, you know, I started doing the marketing, uh, got that lease option deal, got a $4,000 option payment. I'm like, wow, you know, this really works. So it was, it was a great time. But I kept marketing for, you know, that's what I had learned is how to do lease options. So, and it's, it's a great way still today. Um, but I kept marketing for those. And what I realized very quickly is I would get a few call, a few calls here and there. And absolutely, uh, not everybody, it was rare actually that somebody was open to doing a lease option deal. Now they work well if you can find somebody that wants to do one with you. So I thought, well, gosh, there's got to be other ways. So then I learned how to do subject to investing and and there we go again, right? I'm still, I'm sending my mails. I got my bandit signs out. I'm doing ads in the newspaper. I even had like a phone book ad. I had a half a page in the phone book. Um, I think I probably ended up over a year getting like one call off that dumb thing and it didn't <laughs> yeah. go anywhere. But and you do what you're told, right? Right. So, um, subject to, and then, you know, I actually got a rehab. I found, you know, another firefighter. That's amazing what kind of money these guys have sitting in savings. But anyway, borrowed $120,000 from this guy and bought a rehab and, and rehabbed it myself. And, Anyway, I was doing different things, but no matter how much marketing I was doing, it didn't seem like I was doing enough because, you know, I would go to an event and, uh, you know, there were other people there just like me who wanted to grow their business. And the person up on stage is talking about, you know, all these deals that they were doing. And I'm like, well, I really want to do that. And, and I couldn't seem to get it with the advertising that I was doing. So I thought, you know what, there's got to be something else that I can do. And, one day, I'm telling you, it just hit me. I don't know how it did. I don't remember or even recall how, how this happened. But I thought, you know what? Gosh, I whenever I'm looking for something like you know a, a dentist or a restaurant or, or whatever or, or an answer, I actually go online. I mean, it's not 1993. You know, it's it's like 2004, 2005, and so I go online and I. I do a search. I'm like, gosh, I wonder if that would work for real estate. Hmm. So I started digging in to different ways to show up online when when people are searching. And and that's when I came across uh, a way to do that. And so what happened was we started using um, a, a paid advertising platform where we show up on, on Google when people search. And we started using, figuring out keyword terms. Like people are using things like stop foreclosure or sell my house fast or sell my house without an agent or sell my house for cash or sell my house to an investor. So many different terms that they were using. So we learned how to show up on page one of Google when people were searching those things. And it was like, <coughs> we, we messed with this thing for probably about two years. And so over 4,000, 2004, 2005, we, we just kept messing with it and tweaking with it as we were doing our business because I knew that this was it. And like at the end of 2005, we hit it. We figured it out. And, and 2006 was, was literally a seven-figure year for us. It just – everything wow. exploded and it was completely driven by online marketing. So the story goes a little bit deeper. And it's funny because uh, – you know, at that time I had an office because we started really growing. So I, I got an office, uh, had an assistant and then a couple of assistants. And um, 
one of our computers basically you know, had an issue one day. So I just picked up the box because I knew there was a computer repair place right across the street. So I, had picked, I picked up the box and carried it across the street at the end of the business day, dropped it off. <clears throat> Guy called me in a couple of days. Hey, it's ready. Went back and picked it up and we started chatting. And he's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in real estate. And it's like, oh, what do you need, you know, what do you, what do you need computers for? And I'm like, well, you know, we, we do a lot of marketing and stuff online. And he's like, so is that how you do your business? And we got into this conversation about lead generation. And that was his struggle as a computer repair guy, a, a good one. But he has this little shop in a remote area of this small town. So he struggled for business. And we started chatting. He's like, yeah, I got a website, and but I just, you know, I don't get a lot of traffic to it. And I'm like, hmm. So the next thing you know, David starts a side business uh, helping this guy get leads for his business. And what does this guy do? Well, he deals with everybody in town who owns a computer. So he starts telling these people, man, this guy's doing all this stuff for my online marketing and stuff. Next thing you know, David has a second business that is doing online marketing for chiropractors and dentists and you know auto repair and wow. everything else right so that it just launched us into an entirely additional business the cool thing there and I, I'm about done with this part of the story but the cool thing there is you market for local businesses the way you do that online there's multiple ways uh, local listings and paid search and search engine optimization and videos and there's all these different ways to market your local business online. Well, as I was, you know, as we were learning all these techniques and really honing them, it hit me again. I don't know why it took so long, but it hit me again. What is our business? It is a local business. I don't care if you're in, uh, you know, Tampa and you're investing in Phoenix. Your business is a local Phoenix business because people in Phoenix or, you know, that have houses in Phoenix will look for you locally in Phoenix. So we started marketing using all the same techniques that a subway would use or that a doctor would use. And we started absolutely just crushing it more. So that's kind of a long story, but that's how we got so good at the online marketing because it wasn't just real estate. It was literally doing all of the marketing for local businesses as well. So were you still doing direct mail at the time or was this replacing direct mail in your real estate business? We, we never sh actually shut direct mail off and we still will do it from time to time. Um, I, I don't like putting all my eggs in one basket and you know we've heard that lots of times throughout our lives. But um, definitely it was the primary source, probably the 80, 80%. It was responsible for probably 80% of all of, our, all of our deals, the online marketing. And so direct mail uh, was still a good, a good way to um, you know, get pre-foreclosures and, and stuff like that because we had a great way of doing it. But yeah. Okay. So do you still have that business where you do marketing for local businesses? Not so much. And, and there's a reason because um, back then it was fun, but it got to the point where you know, local businesses, they – they, we are the marketing experts, right? We know what works. And as a, as a business owner, especially when you're dealing with like a, a doctor or something, they want to control things. So they, they wanted to kind of run how things were, were how things were worked and how things looked. And I'm like, look, if you put this on your site like this, it's going to work a lot better. Well, I don't like the way that looks. Well, do you like clients and money or do you like a pretty site? You know what I mean? So yeah. it just got to the point where it's like, you know what? I, I'm not enjoying this anymore. So we started uh, 
phasing it out, and ultimately we we completely phase that out, and um, we work with different different types of marketing and businesses, but not so much local businesses anymore. Right. Okay. Now a lot has changed, hasn't it, since two thousand five, two thousand six, when you were doing online marketing for leads, or has it? Some things have changed a lot. Some things have not really changed at all. So an example, you know, using like paid search, like something like Google AdWords or something like that has, uh, it's, it's gotten a lot more powerful, but the, the idea is the same. It still works pretty much the same. Uh, there's more competition for sure, but you can definitely beat that if you know how to do it. And then all the other things like, um, things just changed. Like Google places became Google plus became Google local. I mean, it keeps morphing and, so yes, it's changed, but it's still the same concept. It's Google Maps, right? So you have the same things. You have search engine optimization. It's basically the same four big ways to get on page one of, of Google. It's, it's paid search, it's search engine optimization, it's video, and it's local listings. So it's the same four big things. They've just, they just change and morph because these companies get better and stuff at what they do. But now there's, there's online stuff, you know? that you can just crush it with like Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. And there's all these new social media things that people are doing really well with. Okay. Pinterest. Yep. Seller leads, real estate. Yeah. <laughs> it's, what? It, oh yeah. It's, it's amazing. So y- you would be surprised. What, do you want to hear, um, do you want to hear a funny story? Maybe yeah, this yeah. isn't funny. Maybe I shouldn't even, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be sharing this. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but I opened my mouth anyways, I'll tell you. Pinterest, <laughs> I don't get it, right? And I, I had a Pinterest account or something, but I'm, I don't know ever being in there. So my wife just got into Pinterest because we just moved into a new house and she's finding stuff for it, right? So I go into my Pinterest account and I start looking at what's on my boards or whatever. And it's like a bunch of weird stuff, like, <laughs> like I don't remember if they asked me at one time what my interests were or... But I start seeing like these, there's pictures of dragons and people with tons of tattoos. And then I find out later, and there's a bunch of other things, you know, but, and then I find out later that Pinterest has some way to know what you're interested in and what you like. (laughs) My wife is looking at me like, you're into dragons and tattoos and what, is there something I don't know? I was like, what? I actually, I I have no idea how that got on there, but it makes me look like I, I somehow knows that. Or it th- doesn't know. It thinks that I'm interested in dragons and tattoos. It's That's wild. It is really weird. So I'm like, Pinterest is not for me. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, so when I, my wife wants me to look at all her boards for things that she's finding, so I'll look at her account. <laughs> but but anyway, I don't know where I got the, onto that tangent from. Pinterest. No, so, it's- uh, yeah, talk about Pinterest. How do you get seller leads on Pinterest? So so that's the thing, right? Now that I have a marketing team that does this stuff, I probably couldn't even tell you how to get seller leads from Pinterest. Now, right. now search engine optimization. See, I'm I'm the older school guy, so search engine optimization, paid search, videos, yeah. things like that, absolutely. But like the new, uh, the new map listings and, and Facebook. Yes, I'm good at Facebook too, but because I I enjoy getting in there and working with the ads and stuff, and it's a challenge to me to make it work well. So, yeah. but same here. I mean, I I don't. I don't get on Pinterest or Instagram, but my team does, and they they do all of that stuff. Well, you better so, you better not get it in Pinterest in Pinterest because then you'll find out 
things about yourself that you never knew. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should log in there and take a look at least. <laughs> See what the heck they're doing in there. Oh, geez. Anyway. Um, all right. So a lot has changed, but a lot has stayed the same. You, I mean, you still try to do SEO for r- local real estate businesses? Uh, do you still yeah, try yeah. to do videos with keywords and all of that? Absolutely. The the videos, actually, we just... Um, uh, one of my people just made a, a training video for that. And it's funny because on the training video, she basically followed, you know, followed my, my instructions and stuff on how to do it. And she made a, her own video, uh, to train people with. And so you, you could, I watched the video and it's funny because literally, I don't know what it was, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes, um, after she posted this video, she went to check and, it was right there at the number one spot wow. on page one of Google. And it was funny because she, you could hear it in her voice. She's like, uh, wow, wow, look at that. It's right there. And she was so excited that wow. it, you know, like it actually worked. So absolutely. And we have one uh, – I always show this whenever I do presentations and stuff. We have this uh, one – I was actually sitting – I was going to do a, speak at a live event one day. And I wanted to create a, kind of a how-to how I did this. So I sat, uh, you know, in the little lounge there one evening, and I I did it. I I made a video. Uh, you know, you can make a videos online using free software or maybe five bucks or whatever. But um, I made a video. You don't have to be on it or anything like that on camera. But I made this video, and uh, did all the little little steps and tweaks and uploaded and all that stuff. And literally, um, what was it? Three four minutes later, it was right there on page one of Google. And that video. This was a couple of years ago. That video has like, I think, 1,900 views now. And it's still sitting at the top of page one of Google for that search term. Now, you're targeting search terms like um, sell your house fast, Jacksonville, something like that, right? Yep. This one was actually stop foreclosure town name. Yep. Yeah. So that still works. In fact, um, when I was doing a ton of lease options back in 2009, 2010, 2011, um, in 2012, I used to do for every house I'd get, I'd do um, a lot of videos for rent to own St. Louis. Yep. And I'd put that on the title, in the tags, in the description, with the link. And boy, I haven't checked in a long time, but I dominated St. Louis for those. You're terms. probably still. You're probably still there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it was. Um, I got a lot of business from it. You know, even though there were older houses, people would find me. They'd go to my website. They'd see my current inventory of homes, and uh, it really does work. Yep, it really does work. So, so YouTube still is is a hot thing. I mean, if you you can, if you're looking for deals in Des Moines, Iowa, um, somebody were to do a We Buy Houses Des Moines, um, put a video out there with good stuff in it. You know, not some stupid cheesy stuff, but like good content. Maybe a video of you talking to the camera, telling, explaining what you can do. You stick that on YouTube and that can st- still get you some traffic if you do it right. Is that correct? Yep, yep absolutely it can. Wow. All right. Now, what else? There's How do you do SEO? SEO is search engine optimization. I th- I've heard from people that SEO is too much work. It's too hard. Um, it doesn't work as well anymore like it used to. Is that still the case? Um, it is a lot of work, um, but it's it just depends – on the person, right? For me, uh, I love it because it's a challenge. It, it, it's a challenge to beat out everybody else. So, 
you know, SEO is, is a formula. And when you stick to the formula, you're going to get the expected result. And I think what happens is people uh, – and SEO is basically, just to clarify, it's search engine optimization and it's where uh, Google – that's how Google ranks pages. And it Google has software that basically goes through – pretty much every single one of the billions and billions of pages on the internet, some once a week, some once an hour, some once every five minutes, depending on the popularity of the site, to see what's on the pages. And it's almost like a little set of eyes, and it sees what is on these pages. And based on the words and specific things and uh, alternative tags on the images and things like that, Google determines what the page is about. Not the site, but the individual page. And that's how they rank pages. So there's a way to... Um, manipulate your pages in a way to let Google know what the pages are about and that will cause them to rank. And the better you get at that, the higher your pages will rank. So now when people are paying for ads and stuff like that, which can be very effective as long as you get a good, uh, you know, a good positive return on investment. But when people are paying for ads and everything else, if you can get your search engine optimization down and show up for the same types of keywords and do it ultimately for free – the the organic rankings, which are the ones with search engine optimization, get clicked about you know eight times more, six to eight times more than the paid ads. It's just a fact. So you're gonna you're gonna be a lot better off. So anyway, uh, it's it's challenging to get it right. Uh, once you figure out figure it out, you just repeat the formula, and it does work, and it works very well. And it's it's very well worth it to figure out how to do it. Yeah, and that's something that you could probably outsource pretty easily. Uh, to a to a team of virtual assistants or to another even uh, a company that can do that for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And well, the challenge there is a, a lot of companies say that they can do SEO or that they're good at it, and they just necessarily aren't necessarily that good at it. And so that can definitely be a challenge. I would if if I was to do it over and I was planning on hiring a company to do it. I think I would at least learn the basics myself and understand what it's all about. So when I talked to them, when I spoke with you know whoever I ultimately hired to do it, I knew what I was talking about. And I actually do that with anything. And I think it's smart to do rather than just blindly hire somebody. I don't care good reviews or not. Um, you know, you need to understand their talk and know that they're not kind of you know pulling the wool over your eyes. Okay, good. All right, so what about – let's take a look at um, – LinkedIn. Uh, do you use LinkedIn much? We don't. We actually don't use it much, but I heard that it's a fantastic place to get leads. Okay, I know it's a good place to find buyers too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Google Plus? I mean, is that what it's even called? Google Plus? Yeah. Do people do people use it, or what's up with that? Yeah, Google Plus is is. Um, you know, we've definitely built campaigns there, but I just think I think Google Plus kind of fizzled. It was it was going to be fa- Google's Facebook basically, and um, you know they launched it a few years back, and I don't I don't think it ever got the the traction that they had hoped. So we definitely did campaigns on there, and and for a while Google had it linked to their local listings, which uh, that was a challenge in itself. Again, like I said, Google has you know uh, progressed and and morphed over time to make things better, and Google is always testing. They're always testing new stuff, so. Places became um, um, Google Places became they rolled that into Google Plus, and then you actually and I'm talking about basically maps. You know, when you do right. a search and you find a bunch of 
dentists on a map or barbers or whatever it is, um, Google Maps. So in order to do that, then you you had to have a Google Plus account and you had to incorporate that into your Google Plus account and so on and so on. And and then it turned into, you know, Google Google Plus local. And so the the Google Plus part, I don't we don't really focus on it anymore. I think it's kind of phasing itself out and it's now it's like Google, Google business, Google for business, stuff like that is what you need to focus on. <laughs> you know what I did about four years ago, maybe five years ago, uh, when Google maps was starting to take local businesses, and by the way, it probably like for me personally, um, maybe my number two search engine when I'm on my phone first is just typing in a search term in the Safari window of my iPhone. <clears throat> But my second is going to opening Google Maps and searching in there for mm-hmm. stuff, kind of like pizza or coffee or yep. gas. And I'm constantly searching for places by the generic brand or whatever in Google Maps. So anyway, about, this must have been four or five years ago when it was really easy to put anything on Google Maps. I, uh, at, I, uh, I put my business, I gave it a name, We Buy Houses St. Louis, and it asked for an address, and I didn't have it. I didn't want to put my home address. So I put an address of the St. Louis Cardinals baseball stadium, the Bush, Bush Stadium. And I put the address for Bush Stadium on, <laughs> on my listing. And because I was noticing when, whenever you typed in We Buy Houses St. Louis, the map would come up and would center on downtown St. Louis. But I was in the suburbs, and so I wasn't even on that map. So I said, I, I need an address in the downtown heart of St. Louis. So I picked. I picked Bush Stadium. And for a couple, <laughs> a couple years, I'm not kidding, you typed in We Buy Houses St. Louis, and it would I would pop up right there in the middle of the map with my pin right next to right in front yep. of Stan Musial's uh, statue. And you'd go, to, you'd go to the street view, and you could see my business right next to the Stan Musial uh, statue right in the, the, the main gate of Bush Stadium. That is fantastic. And I did – I got – I don't know if I got deals from that or not, but I I know I was easy to find. Yeah, I, I looked. Yep. Uh, I, I looked about a year or two ago, and I wasn't there anymore. So was, <laughs> somebody figured it out and reported me. I guess. Oh yeah. Well, they and they changed it again because I you could go. Um, it was really easy to go and basically claim anything. You could you could look up businesses, and if they had not claimed their page yet, hmm. because what what again what the Google the automation did was it went through. And it found all the businesses, and it created the local listings for the businesses, but the businesses actually had to go claim those. So people were going out and claiming those local businesses and then contacting the businesses and saying, hey, you know, we set up your your Google local listings, and you can pay us to optimize it. And so, you know, it just caused wow. a big old mess. Yeah. Well, doesn't Google now, when you put in a business and you want it to list, don't they send a postcard to that address and you have to you know, put in a pin from that postcard or something. Yes. Now, now they do things like that. Yep. You have to verify it. Shoot. I was thinking like, maybe I could, <laughs> I was thinking of like, I could put a business at all of the major St. Louis landmarks at the arch. Nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, all right. So let's talk about the big daddy, the big mama, Facebook. Are you getting seller leads on Facebook right now? Uh, yes. Facebook is, and it's just gotten better uh, just a couple of months ago because the thing about Facebook is whether they admit to it or not, um, Facebook knows. They know what you do. They know the other sites that you surf. They know – they and this is my opinion, uh, but they know everything. 
they know you're browsing. They know what what bills you pay. I'm not saying that they get in, you know, know the insides of your accounts and stuff like that. But but they know where you go. So and they know your buying habits, right? And and everything else. So um, you, what I'm, my point is, with Facebook advertising, you can determine your audience. So it's not like you make an ad, hey, we buy houses, and you put it out there, and the the whatever it is now, 26 trillion people that are on Facebook see it, you can tailor your audience and say, well, I only want the people in this town or this area to see it, and I want it to be, uh, you know, people that are homeowners, and, you know, so you can tailor your audience to directly market to the exact people that you want to, and that's what makes it so powerful. So it's just like anything a repetitive message, um, you know, now, now I wouldn't necessarily call this inbound marketing. It's kind of, kind of like outbound marketing, but the chance is that they're going to, it's almost like a, a piece of mail, right? It's not like they're doing a search and finding you, but they are seeing the ads and through repetition, if it's somebody that is in that space where, you know, they're looking for a solution and your ad happens to resonate with them, guess what? They're going to click it and end up on your page. So yes, it's, it, it works very well and you can, you can target people on just a massive scale. Now, maybe I shouldn't be asking you this on a podcast because if it does, if there is a way to do this, I don't know if I want anybody to know it. <laughs> All right. So you know how you can create custom audiences in Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can create custom audiences by two ways, either an email address or a phone number. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Is there a, is there a third way to create a custom audiences by addresses that you know of yet? Not that I know of. Not that I know of. Because here's the thing. I mean, we could, if you could get a list of absentee owners in your county and say, and just upload those addresses and names to Facebook and say, show my ad to all these absentee owners. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? Is there is there a way to do that? Well, there, I would think there is. Yes. the The challenge, though, is when you it's now if I have a list where let's say I have an email list and I'm you know giving away a real estate course or something, and people give their email to get the course. Now they they've given me their email willingly. I can upload that list and create an audience in Facebook. Now, if I go like purchase a list or get a list from a title company or something like that, that's a different story because I don't technically like have permission to upload this list to Facebook. Now, that's something I'm not clear on it. I mean, you'd have to read the terms of service for Facebook, but if if you do something against their terms of service, you'll get your account banned. So, something like that, I would I would question if that whether or not that's against their terms of service because the people didn't willingly give you their information. So, Facebook will allow you to target based on criteria you can find through Facebook. But as far as uploading a list to create a similar audience, I think they have very specific criteria on that. But, you know, do do at your own risk, right? <laughs> so if anybody knows anybody that works at Facebook uh, that's in the ads department that's listening to this podcast, if you could just bend their ear for like a minute or two and ask them if there is a way that they could make us allow us to do that, where you could just upload, you know, a couple thousand addresses, 10,000 addresses, and show our ad to whoever has those addresses, that would be amazing. (laughs) 
could that be would, a could be a phenomenal way to do it. Yeah. Oh man, because then you could say, um, well, I mean, just the possibilities would be endless because then you can show your ads to people who own rental properties. Right. Um, so if anybody knows of a way to do that in Facebook, let me know, or <laughs> or uh, contact, talk to somebody that you know at Facebook. But I bet you that's coming. I bet you that's coming down the pike, and and maybe there is already a way to do it. They're just worried about privacy, and and maybe it's a stupid idea, and maybe somebody's who's maybe some libertarian out there who is listening to me talk about this is really upset right now. <laughs> right, and he's going to report you now too. Don't <laughs> yeah. mention my name when you report, please. Yeah. So I, I, okay, but um, so now with Facebook, you you're placing ads to people who are might be open to selling a house. You could say, show my ad to anybody who is, you know, over 30 who lives in these zip codes. Um, and what's the general text or context of your ad? What, what do you basically have on your ads, on Facebook specifically? Well, the thing about an ad is what there, there's two components to the ad, right? There's There's the written part and then there is the... Um, let me move my mic. There, there's two parts about an ad. There's the written part, and then there is the um, the graphic. And the graphic is used to grab a person's attention. So, what I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong is they want to try and and you can only put uh, I believe it's twenty percent of the graphic can ha- can be text. So people try to get that wrong and try to squeeze their message into that graphic and. What you want to do is just make the graphic an attention getter. Uh, half naked woman, maybe, but no, that's against Facebook's terms of service too. But anyway, you get my point. Something where people are like, whoa, and it grabs their attention. And then they look, and the next piece is the headline, right? Like um, Dollar Shave Club. So you might have uh, you know, a, a picture of something that grabs your attention, like a, a razor or something like that. You know, Something that just looks out of the ordinary so it grabs your attention and then it makes you look what is this and so you see you you naturally look to see who posted this but you see dollar shave club right so that'll be the name and then the next part is the actual text look smell and feel like a million bucks without without paying it join the millions who get amazing dollar shave club razors and grooming products for a few bucks that's their message so that's what you want to do you want to have the graphic doesn't even have to have text on it, but the graphic that grabs the attention and then the text itself, which is, you know, sell your hat, whatever that is, right? Whatever you'd put on a, a, a in a short amount of space. So yeah. sell your house fast for a fair price. We buy houses in your area. You know, we're, we're looking to buy three more houses this month. Contact us now. Are whatever you, it is. Are you finding that um, your cost per lead is cheaper or more expensive on Facebook as compared to Google, pay-per-click or AdWords? You know, I, I think it's probably similar. It is similar because uh, the cost of AdWords has gone up quite a bit um, just just because people, you know, have learned about it. So um, it's it's definitely more, more expensive than it used to. But, I mean, not that it costs this, but, it, it, you know, if it costs you, you know, Five. Let's say it costs you twenty bucks a lead, right? And it, it takes you twenty leads to get. Let's say it takes you fifty leads to get a deal that you close and make money on. So what is that? A thousand bucks. So I spent a thousand bucks. 
if I made two thousand bucks, I'm getting a hundred percent return on my investment. That's pretty darn good. If I made five thousand or ten thousand, holy cow! You know, I'll do that all day long. So that's what people don't realize. That well, gosh, it, you know, it cost me like you know seven bucks a click. Well, okay. Well, that that's not the part to worry about. The part to worry about is what is your return on investment over you know immediately, but then over time as well. How much money are you making from what you're spending? And if you're making a positive return, keep doing it and just keep making it better. And that's so. good. I think a mistake a lot of us investors make is that we put all of our eggs in one basket and not not diversify into different marketing channels. Mm-hmm. Postcards are work. Direct mail is great. It always will work. It always has worked, but there's also other things that we need to do. I think I think sometimes direct mail goes through cycles. It goes up, it goes down, and when you can get leads from different sources, that's going to be really important, really important. And I see this all the time too. You know, a, a, a big speaker comes into our town, uh, you know, sells a bunch of coaching, and he trains all these people to go out and send postcards. And pretty soon, like through a period of like one or two weeks to a month. You get a ton of people out there sending postcards, and your and your rates just plummet. Your open response rates just plummet. And then you go back and look. Oh yeah, so and so is just in town, and he trained a hundred people to go out and send blast postcards. Well, the good thing is that stuff kind of fizzles, and those people give up and quit. Then it becomes easier again. But during those times when there is heavy competition in direct mail, you need to have something else coming in, another source for leads. And that's why I think this is such an important topic, understanding Internet marketing, understanding how to find the people that are on the Internet looking for or maybe even not looking for, um, but you show up, people who want to sell their house. Yeah, everything is going in that direction. It has been for years and, and more and more. I remember doing trainings on this you know, a number of years ago, and the numbers keep going up. The, the amount of people that actually – you know, use email and use the internet and so on and so on, obviously in our country, but around the world. And uh, so I I remember a few years ago, there was talk of, you know, the U.S. mail system shutting down because of costs and stuff like that. Well, guess what? They're not out of the woods, and I don't know if they ever will be, and that is a a possibility someday, right? I mean, the world changes, and certain – let's talk about Blockbuster, right? So the world changes, and technology changes the world, and – mindsets and concepts change the world and sometimes people just roll with it and other times they hold on to old things that uh you know don't don't make don't make sense anymore and blockbuster is an example where you know you had these blockbuster stores and all of a sudden here comes netflix and redbox and all this stuff where it doesn't make sense to go to this giant store and go you know look around through all these boxes anymore when i can just go online and get what i want and pay eight dollars a month and push a button and it's right there and I don't have to take it back the next day or anything. So my point is, you know, in, in such a short time, that paradigm shift destroyed an entire industry. It wiped out an entire multi-billion dollar industry. And I think, you know, I believe that's what it was, but, um, some of those stores hung on. You see, you would see the, the, the rare blockbuster hanging on, on the corner with half the lights on and empty as heck. Right. But that, you know, that happens. And I think that's the same thing is happening with the move to the digital world. And, you know, barring, barring a, a, an economic breakdown or, a, a, you know, a power grid failure or something like that that changes, again, changes, changes the world, 
it's going to keep going in that direction and everything will be, be digital. And um, so I think people really need to think about moving in that direction because don't be a blockbuster. Don't be a blockbuster when there's this major shift. Uh, you're standing there not knowing what to do because you haven't prepared for it. Yeah, that's really important. And that's why it's so important to be educated, to stay up to date on podcasts like this, to learn what's working today. Um, and you always need to keep your hands on the pulse of the market, of the housing market, of marketing and where it's going. That's why I love podcasts so much, too, because you know I, I listen to a lot of podcasts in the business space, in the marketing space, in the real estate, trying to get a feel for what's working and what's not. And I think, David, what you're doing is really, really critically important as well. Um, because, again, I, I just sound like a broken record here. Direct mail is good. It works. You should always be doing at least some, but you need to be also looking at other sources for leads. Uh, let me ask you, David, as we get to the end here, um, what if you were getting started all over again, knowing what you know with real estate investing, and you had a little bit of money, maybe you had 500 bucks, $1,000, and you were thrown into a new city and you, wanted to do new, you had to do deals to eat, what would you start doing? You know, I, I would do three things. Uh, the first thing I would start doing, and I think it's a really overlooked way to get uh, deals, is I would start networking. And, you know, you can, you can really make things happen by networking. It's, it's not quite as fast, but once you build your network, uh, deals will just come to you on autopilot. I mean, it takes time, but I would begin that right away. And the other thing I would do is definitely start a direct mail campaign still, you know, uh, because it, it, it does work and it's cost effective, but that would be my, my best chance at quickly getting, um, getting a deal. And now online marketing is fantastic, but it's like building your infrastructure. It, you're not going to, you know, start getting deals in, in three days. Uh, can you be very effective with it? And in a couple of weeks, have a couple of things in place where it can start getting you calls. Yes, you can, uh, a month or two. Yeah, absolutely. That's when things really start rolling. But that's what I would do is I would start networking, uh, building my resources, I would start uh, doing direct mail to a very specific audience, and I would begin my online marketing campaigns, uh, starting with you know getting my website up, doing some videos which are free, doing local listings which are free, you know Google uh, Google My Business uh, which is free, and then if I could afford it, I would start a uh, lower priced Google AdWords campaign. Um, Facebook is good once you get it dialed in, but it, it's going to take some time to get it dialed in, especially if you're just now investigating it. So uh, Google AdWords is much quicker to hit it out the gate. Uh, so I would do that, and then I would start SEO as well. So those those three things, networking, direct mail, and my online marketing systems, start getting them set up. And literally in you know three to four months, you can have a machine going. Excellent. All right. Um, now, do you have... Any videos, any resources, David, that people can go and get more information about what you do, what you teach, and your programs? Yeah, I actually do. Um, we have a great resource kit, and it's it's called uh, you know seven seven ways to get motivated seller leads for free. And some of these are online, some of them are not, but it's a great kit. And actually, people can go get one uh, right now. Just go download it at themarketingcommando.com forward slash Joe kit. So I actually, we used your name when we created that link. So it's one word, Joe kit, like yep. resource kit. So the marketing commando.com forward slash Joe kit. They can go get that resource kit there. 
themarketingcommando.com slash joekit, J-O-E-K-I-T. I will have that in the show notes as well. And uh, it's a free resource, seven ways to get motivated seller leads. What are some of those seven ways, David? Can you just go through that real quick? You know what? We have uh, one of the ways we have is on Craigslist. And Craigslist is a fantastic way to get leads. It's overlooked. I think people really miss uh, it's not going in and searching, you know, going and searching um, the listings, just like that. There's a way that we actually set up. Craigslist where it will send us the most motivated seller leads and it's really, really cool. So um, Craigslist and then things like uh, uh, the newspaper carrier, um, a really cool way to get them. I mean, these guys see every single house every single day, right? So they're going to know what, you know, what houses are vacant or need repairs or whatever. So just little things like that that are super simple that everybody overlooks. (laughs) That's really good. Um, Something came up here. <laughs> Why my friend uh, just did a? No, never mind. There's uh, we we. I'm talking about the podcast, and I'm looking here. And uh, my last podcast, uh, I hired this company to, um, to come up with names and title my episodes, you know, and transcribe them and set up the web pages and all that. And the last mm-hmm. one, they titled "Why People Suck at This Business." <laughs> that was. Uh, it's episode 131, an interview I did with Nathan Jurowitz. I think you know him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we did this interview a few months ago. And I, I just think, wow, that's interesting title. Where, where did they come up with that? Um, but I'll keep it. It's why people suck at this business. And I think the answer to just to sum this up and what we're talking about here, people suck at this business because they don't do enough marketing. And if they're doing marketing, they're not doing the right kind of marketing. Because once you understand this, you can do you can do deals in any market, yep. and you can do deals a lot of deals if you're doing a lot of marketing. That's what it all comes down to. Uh, David, thanks so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Again, that website, guys, is marketing themarketingcommando.com slash Joe Kit, and on there, David has a free resource: seven ways to get motivated seller leads, and uh, to get free motivated seller leads. Is that right? I wrote that down wrong. Yep. Yep. Cool. They're all they're all free methods. Excellent. Anything else, David? Any other tips or advice you want to give to folks? You know, I think the the biggest thing is just get started because I, I you know I think most people I talk to I would say eighty percent of the people that I talk to uh, are and I talk to a lot of people who are you know quote real estate investors and a lot of you know eighty percent of those aren't really real estate investors because they've never done a deal and my. The biggest thing I would say is just start. Don't don't be so worried about doing everything perfectly. Just get enough information and start. Send your send your mail or make some phone calls or, or whatever you do, begin and and set just like Joe's got a coaching program, set your sights on a weekly goal. You know what? I'm going to do this this week and next week and next week and do it for a month, whether that's, you know, go to Craigslist and and call 20 people a week that seem like motivated sellers or what? I mean, that seems very daunting, but it's an example. Just do it. Do something and do that every single week for a month and, you know, make sure it's big enough and you're going to get results. But don't keep waiting and keep learning. Just learn enough and begin. Good, good, good. All right, David, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate being on here, Joe. Thanks a lot. 
realestateinvestingmastery.com. Go there to get the show notes and a transcription, believe it or not, of this podcast. Get a transcription of everything we've talked about. And you can even listen to it from the website and fast forward it if you want. Listen to it faster. Good. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Take care. Bye-bye.